Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen. Good evening and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. It is Tuesday, November 6, 2018. This is election night, so I hope you got out and voted. Yes, definitely. Um, welcome to the chat room, Ollie J. Hey, Ollie, good to see you this evening. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Click on T. Harris' picture that will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. Hi, Dominic. Welcome to the chat room. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you. My guest this evening is Miss Tahira, I'm sorry, Tahira Memory. Her father, Thayra Memory, thank you. Her father, Thayra Memory, was a trumpeter and educator and Grammy Award winner who mentored many musicians, including Esperanza Spaulding. The uh, T. Harris debut release is called Pride, and it was co-produced and co-written with Jared Lawson. She's also a member of Jared's band. Tahira, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. How are you doing, Terry? I am doing very well, thank you. Thank you. So, um, first of all, I want to ask you about your recent trip to Australia. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, well, I was lucky enough to go to Australia twice in as many years, and uh, a place I just never thought that I would go it so far away. But, um, yeah, it was beautiful. The people were beautiful. Um I, you know, it's just one of those one-off type trips that you feel like, okay, people in Australia have heard about me. This is crazy. I, I, I actually went with Jared Lawson for his tour, um, and I booked a, a duo show for us in Sydney as well. So we got to do some, like, a low-key duet set. Uh, but the people down there love soul music, and uh, he had a few nights of a residency in, in Melbourne, very similar to Portland, where I'm from. Um, very green. Everyone's drinking clean water. <laughs> Everyone's mm-hmm. really nice. Uh, lots of trees. Australia is is uh yeah it's it's a place all its own. I I was lucky enough to go there with Katie Lang as well. So now where did you play? Uh, well, we were at Bird's Basement in Melbourne. Uh, okay. Prior to that, we were actually in China. So um, we came from Beijing at the Blue Note and went down to. Australia and stayed there for uh, we did five nights at Bird's Basement and we did a night in uh, Sydney as well. Oh wow! I am going yeah. to Australia on a cruise in March and I'm looking forward to that. First time there, oh, so man. yeah, I'm really looking yeah, forward to that. Yeah, the beaches are crazy. They're beautiful. Nah. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, so now um, in your bio, and I want to start with. Um, a question that uh, regarding something you said in your bio, um, it says that some of her fondest memories begin in her toddler years, attending summer festivals in the park to hear her father play funk, jazz, and soul music under the hot summer sun. Do you remember at that age watching your dad perform, thinking you wanted to be a performer? Um, no. <laughs> I remember those festivals well, and I think I remember them better than my siblings. I have three siblings, and none of them are in music, but I definitely remember that that was something that I love to do. It's still something I love to do. I I love a good jazz festival or a festival of any kind uh, to hear live music, but I don't think that I wanted to be um, a singer or a musician from the beginning. I kind of just, it was, it was just every day. It just was what I was doing. I was singing, I was playing an instrument, I was doing something uh, musical. And I just thought that was normal. Um, You know, when I was growing up, people thought being a singer meant you're going to become like, you know, Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey or, you know, Aretha Franklin. And it's, it's, you go big or you, you do nothing. There was no real Mm -hmm. in between, 
that was visible. So, um, you know, it, it, we, I was under the impression you had to get discovered. And so uh, that's a misperception. Unfortunately, a lot of people have probably given up their dream thinking that the only way into, you know, earning money for a living doing this and this work is to be discovered by some major label. But you absolutely can be um, playing music live for people and creating records without the help of a big machine. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I was blessed enough to figure that out along the way. When did you discover your voice? Uh, I think I was about eight. Yeah, I was about eight when I really realized, oh, not everyone can sing. Um, because like I said, I thought everyone could. I just thought it was a very normal thing to do to sing along to a song. And, you know, having a daughter now and watching her, it, it now it's very clear to me that, oh, you know, even at, a, at five, you can tell if a, a little kid has um, an aptitude for music. But mm-hmm. I was eight. I remember a vivid memory of me being in third grade and waiting for my mom after school and no one being in the building. So I thought, and I was in the hallway singing at the top of my lungs. And when I stopped, I turned around and all the teachers were out of their classrooms applauding. And I remember thinking, Um, oh, that feels good. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that was when the light switch came on that, oh, I could do that. I could, I could do this (laughs) like on a normal basis, you know, and it wasn't about it being a job. I think I just loved that feeling um, Mm. of the acoustics in the hallway and then of people recognizing that it was special Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the third grade, you're you're in the hallways at school singing. From there, where did it go? Did your family kind of put you in in, in um you know give you singing lessons? Um, did you? Uh, how did it progress from there? No singing lessons. Um, I did some choir and some choral competitions that were just you know from my basic skill set. When I was younger, um, I would say sixth to eighth grade, and then um, it just kind of dropped off. I was a heavy athlete, and I was just kind of the girl in my crew that could that could sing, but you know I wasn't necessarily doing anything with it. And I did a couple mm-hmm. talent shows, um, and I had books on books full of writings and songs and poet poetry and whatnot, but I hadn't. You know, I hadn't turned it into anything, and my family was supportive of me doing whatever I wanted to do. So my mom put me on the teams that I wanted to be on, whether it was swimming or basketball, and she drove me to things. And um, But, you know, again, I'm 39 now, so I think it's not. it wasn't until this generation now of millennials where not going to college has been really an option. I mean, I was told as, you know, a black woman – in America that you seize that opportunity and you're going to go to college, of course, and, you know, educate yourself and, and go and grow to the next level. And I did, and I was happy to do that without, without mm-hmm. question. So, you know, mm-hmm. the running off to New York didn't happen until I was 21. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So did someone quote unquote discover you as a musician? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. You know, I, I would love to, to like, be able to mark where things kind of took off, but I was just really, really lucky. And, and I think yeah. luck is, you know, what, what Oprah says, a combination of preparation, meeting opportunity. And mm-hmm. I, I had people ask me to join, you know, groups or um, sing on a gig. You know, my father was playing in town and on occasion he would say, hey, I need a singer for this. And um, it wasn't until about 2008 that I put a book of my songs together. A lot of them are actually on my record, Pride, and um, started performing them out. And it was scary. It was weird. It was I, I was totally in the dark about how to get it done. Um, I luckily had a few musicians in town that believed in my talent and were just going to ride with me and play a bunch of gigs for hardly any money. And uh, eventually I just started getting more and more work Um yeah. And and that work, you know, culminated into building the right relationships and and uh, it becoming my job, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now I mentioned that you are a member of Jared Lawson's band. Tell me how you met yeah. him. Oh man, 
yeah, we have kind of a funny story. Well, my father had a, a gig and he needed a sub one, one night and it was last minute and he got a recommendation to call Jared Lawson. I, I did not know Jared. Jared did not know me. Um, we knew kind of of each other in the Portland music community, but we had never been in the same room, I don't think. And uh, he got on the bandstand to sing and, um, and I got on the bandstand to sing. And after the show, we just were kind of, I guess, you know, enamored with each other's talent and, and uh, decided that we definitely needed to be doing some work together. So within like a couple of weeks, we had written a song and, um, and then, yeah, his album dropped shortly thereafter. And um, my album followed behind pretty quickly because he was on a tour schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and since then, you know, it's been almost five years and he's been my piano player in my band and I've been his background singer in his band and, we've just kind of vowed to never uh, split that up, you know, to help each other out as much as we can in terms of things. Okay. Now, what year was that that you met Jared? Uh, 2014, I believe. Yeah, about four years, almost five years. It was February 2014. So yeah, almost five years. Okay. So you already had the music written for pride um, before that. Uh, um, a lot of it, not all of it. Um, and he definitely helped me bring some songs back to life. Uh, there were about four songs on there, plus the duet. Uh, I, yeah, so about four songs that he helped me put together. Um, I, you know, I write my own lyrics and melodies, and he mm-hmm. is a genius at kind of um, speaking my language, you know, the way that I want the music to sound. It, it takes some, some teeth pulling, but... I can typically um, get it from him and only him. So we just have a good synergy that way. And uh, it's been a good, a good working relationship. I tend to be a little bit more savvy in the business side than him. So I've been helping him in that way. And, and he helps me uh, with some of the music piece. So. Okay. So what is the CD pride? What is that about? Um, Well, the, the song Pride uh, about my daughter, and yeah. uh, I think that her birth changed me. And, and, you know, the songs are in an order specifically to show the evolution of a relationship. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, the beginning is obviously light and beautiful, and um, the stepping into the unknown courageously and then the the songs kind of take you through the journey of of feeling elation, um, being in love, whether it's with a, a a partner or you know your child or whatever, and then kind of going through the ebb and flow of getting hurt and finding yourself and bettering yourself and coming out the other end um, alone or with the person. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's take a listen to Miss Tihara's memory um, CD. It's called Pride. I'm going to start with All Right. Tell me about this one. Oh, yeah. So uh, Jared and I wrote this song together. He wrote the groove for it. Um, and uh, I just had him replay it for me a bunch of times on the keyboard one night. And I wrote the lyrics to it. Uh, and it was I don't know, it was written in maybe 15 minutes, so <laughs> it's, wow. uh, yeah, it's, um, it came easy because I, I, I think it's one of the better songs on the record. I, I, uh, it reflects how you should feel like no matter what's going on in your day or in the world, that there should be people around you that make you feel like everything's going to be okay. Okay. This is all right. Light is low. 
trying to see the bright side. Got nowhere but up to go. project called Pride, and you can pick that up on her website, TahiraMemory.com. Her first name is spelled T as in Tom, A-H-R, I'm sorry, T-A-H-I-R-A-H, and that is .com to definitely check out her website there. What does your first name mean? Uh, It means pure. Yeah. Yeah. My parents were creative with all the names in our family, and um it's yeah, it's funny when you say my name all together to hear a memory. It's like it's uh, you know alluding to my profession. It's kind of funny. I don't think anyone you know <laughs> was putting that on me, but <laughs> but it is kind of funny now. I like that to hear. That's pretty pretty name. Thank you. So you're welcome. Where was Pride recorded? In a bedroom in my house. Um, we did some of the tracking in a professional studio with just the, for the drums. And uh, then we did the rest in a bedroom in my house. Um, we just got some equipment, set it up in, in the room, and uh, soundproofed it a bit with, you know, old-fashioned 
sheets, mass mattresses, <laughs> the whole nine, and uh, and Jared engineered it, and we just knocked it out in a matter of about six weeks. When I read that, I loved what you said about having to just get up out of bed, brush your teeth, and walk across the hall, sit and sing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, particularly if you're in a space that you're not comfortable with, right? So, I mean, being in my own house, I'm comfortable there. And if I wanted to stop working, there's no pressure on time limits or how much you're paying for the space and and whatnot. Um, And we'll do it very similarly this time. Hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier about um, having the freedom of uh, not, you know, being signed uh, on a record label. Um, You are your own manager. So how does that, um, how do you, you do that? I mean, in terms of being like, you're wearing a lot of hats, you're your own manager. um, So you have to kind of, yeah. How how do you work that out? It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. I think I like being under pressure and I'm a pretty, Mm -hmm. um, managerial personality I uh, like being a, the boss so uh-huh. um, I'm not against having a manager or an agent I actually would like to transition at some point to delegating some of that responsibility to somebody else because you know in order to grow you have to start entrusting others but I think um, I've just been in a, a place where I've wanted to learn every nook and cranny as well so I know what I'm asking of somebody and know what I'm looking for and uh, I've loved building the relationships that I've had in terms of booking. I've booked a couple tours overseas for myself, and um, I've been able to just figure out, you know, the ins and outs. It is not, you know, obviously um, the desired route, I don't think, for most people. I think a lot of people would just rather not because it's a lot of emailing and hours on the, you know, telephone and online and um it's, it can be exhausting, plus you're performing, plus you're interviewing, plus you're creating music behind the scenes and on stage and, you know, mm, yeah. um, but, yeah. but there's, you know, it's my baby. These are my babies that I'm putting out. And as I go into making my next record um, this month, I'm just feeling like I need to be as close to everything as possible so that I know that the outcome is um, determined by me. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's so true. So when you are writing your music or when you were writing your music for Pride and now writing music for your upcoming release, how much focus do you put on your intended audience? Um, Man, I try not to because um, I feel like you start telling falsehoods. You, you stop being your true self when you start altering it. It's something we've, we, I've been talking about this with numerous people recently, just how a lot of my writer's block comes from either thinking about who's going to listen to it, thinking about um, what's not on the album that should be, thinking Mm -hmm. about um, other artists and what they've done that I think is good or bad and trying to avoid it or be like it and not wanting any of that stuff to influence it. So if I'm on a writing session or in one or I'm in bed at night and I come up with an idea I have to force myself to not think, okay, well, that sounds like something that, you know, Robert Glasser put out, or that sounds like something that Music Soul Child did, or, you know, that mm-hmm. sounds like something that so-and-so wrote. I, you know, when you do that, you start uh, leaning on to the side of inauthentic because you're trying to impress people or you're trying to not be like people. And I, you know, I would rather have my influences come through. I would rather have just telling the truth and have it be what it is. Um, and I think that I've I've done that. I just think it's human for people to care what other people think. So, you you know, and being in this business and standing in front of people and kind of bearing your soul, you you, you have to care. So um, there's a it's a catch twenty two. You know, you're trying to be true to yourself and you're also trying to not alienate anyone or disappoint anyone mm. the last uh, it weighs heavily on I think almost every artist's mind um and it's probably why you know people like D'Angelo backed out of the scene for a period of time you know because the not being able to please everyone or not having anything that you think is important to say um is hard on your core yeah yeah now the 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 part 
um, where you're trying not to be like everybody else or sound like everybody else. Um, is that like the manager part of you speaking to Tahira? Maybe. You know, I think part of that is that everyone wants their own unique sound. And um, it's like you're walking a fine line. So, like, you know, yeah. I really love um, a couple of bands right now that I'll listen to their music and go like, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's dope right there. Like, I could definitely emulate something like that or I want something that has that kind of feel. But you have to be careful because then when you go in to create, um, you don't you don't want to bring their voice to the table and mm-hmm. at the same time you know you can pay homage to people and honor them and um and it can still be part of you it's just finding your lane so uh you know luckily i think with the time crunch for pride when i was you know writing that record um in 08 most of it i was just in a very true space anyway because i wasn't super um involved in the music scene so for me it was like real easy to just spill out what i thought and how I wanted things to sound. And um, and now it's a little bit harder because I've seen what people like and don't like and what people are requesting mm-hmm. from me and, you know, the things that they find uh, beautiful about my music. And, you know, Jared and I were having this discussion actually on the Australian tour. Just, um, I mean, it's something that we've talked about that, you know, we're great separately, but a lot of people think we're better together. And uh, yeah that for us that's it's hard to hear sometimes because you obviously want to be enough on your own and at the same time you know we went and did a duet set in Sydney and you know when you see people crying uh, watching just two people do this work uh, you can't you can't turn a blind eye to that either so you have to honor that and and continue to do that as well so you know it's a fine line he and he and I are very different creatively but um but uh, we both want the same things, and I think most artists want the same things to just yeah. have themselves come across because it's cathartic for us. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, I, the writing process is hard. <laughs> I am one of those people that think you and Jared are really good together as well. I saw the your all the time video on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Just beautiful. Oh, I mean, Jared has a great voice, and you have a beautiful voice, and I think the two of you singing together on that video was really nice. Um, Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, you're welcome. All right, let's listen to another track from the new from the debut project called Pride. This is beautiful disaster. Tell me about this one. <laughs> yeah, this song actually started out as a joke. Um, we were joking around about a relationship that I had had and how it was a beautiful disaster in a rehearsal that I was having in 2008. And um, I wrote some lyrics just kind of, you know, nonchalantly thinking about the fact that no matter what I did, this person and I could not get it together. And uh, it turned into a really great song. Um, and it's one of my favorites that I've written ever. So. Oh, okay. I am talking to singer Tahira Memory. Her debut release is called Pride. If you'd like to call in with a question or a comment, the number is 646-716-5485. This is Beautiful Disaster. Thank you. 
for you from Ali in the chat room. He would like to know who inspires you. Oh man, down to the bones from the from the beginning uh, of the beginning for me. I was the 80s baby, so Whitney Houston all day. I sang every single thing she ever put out there numerous times and still do. Sometimes I'll just go to a greatest hits record or to um you know her first record Whitney and play it. And uh you know, drive my daughter crazy. Uh, but people <laughs> that inspire me are people that are creating from the bottom of their hearts. Um, there are there are a lot of artists out right now that I think are really good, really talented. And, you know, I'm nobody's judge. But at the end of the day, a lot of them haven't found their, like, true voice yet. And it mm-hmm. inspires me when I can tell that it's somebody's authentic self coming through and that they're, you know, not going to change and they're singing about real things and um yeah i'm i'm a i'm a habitual crier at shows like if i see someone on stage that's doing their thing and it's coming from the heart i, I you can definitely catch me <laughs> shedding tears mm. now see that takes me back i was a huge huge luther vandross fan and the yeah, first time too. i saw him in concert i did everything but faint I yelled, I yeah. screamed, I cried. I mean, everything but faint yeah. I did when I first time first time I saw him in concert. So what was it like for you when you first saw Whitney in concert? Man, well, my very first concert ever, I was 13 and I saw Whitney in an arena. Mm. And uh, it was like that. My mother took me and I lost my mind. I mean, I just stood there. I was I stood there silently for a lot of it just watching her in a gown saying, you know, prior to a lot of her personal troubles that she had. So her voice was on point. She was doing everything just the way that I would ever have imagined it. And, and I think that that might've been one of the moments that I knew for sure that I wanted to be on stage. Mm. 
Okay. Um, now, I read that you and Jared uh, released an EP called Intermission. Is that still available? Oh, yeah. So we made 500 final copies of uh, duets EP. So it's four duets, original duets, including all the time, actually, a different version of it. And um, we we just made 500 copies um, and had them pressed up in the U.K., and we sell them exclusively from our Bandcamp sites. So if somebody wants a hard copy of a record, um, whether it's my CD or the intermission vinyl or my upcoming CD that's that's coming, that's the place to be able to order from is um, tohearamemory.bandcamp.com. Um, and, yeah, we've still got, I think, maybe we've got a few of those for sure. Um, okay. And, yeah, and it, it's a different kind of project because, you know, the duet era has kind of died down. You don't hear a lot about people singing duets anymore maybe a one-off here or there but um like i said we definitely appreciate how people view both of us together and so we just wanted to honor that okay now um i want to also mention about another video that i watched called um never wonder yeah it'll be on my next record oh okay I really wanted to comment on the shoes you were wearing and the heel <laughs> on those shoes. That the heel had yeah. to be six inches long. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, I like my shoes. I've got about two hundred pairs. <laughs> I love wow. My shoes. Yeah. That's where I most, of my, most of my merch money goes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was some yeah. serious heels on those shoes. I'm like, maybe this is why she's sitting <laughs> down because. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know I how like you even walked on stage in those. <laughs> it's my, it's a job. Mm. Okay, so listeners, if you want to see the shoes I'm talking about, go to YouTube and search for uh, Tierra Memory and look for Never Wonder. She is sitting down, and the shoes are just fierce. They are so fierce, but the heel <laughs> and those things are <laughs> crazy long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to play another song, I Can't Change. Tell me about this one. Oh, yeah. Um, I wrote this one back in the day, too, back in 2008. And uh, um, I wrote it with a friend of mine, Brian Ward, who helped me pull together a lot of these songs when I was first starting to write. He was a pianist out of Portland and a jazz guy and just the most gracious with his time and a genius. And... um, yeah, it's, it's my heartbreaker tune. Um, I could say I can apply it to about 16 chapters in my life, but um, yeah, it's about a person that that uh, you know can no longer apologize for the things that she or he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's got that. People continually trying to come come into your life or into your world, and um, you find yourself saying, "I'm sorry for things that are part of you." So yeah. uh, that's what the song is about. All right, I can't change. All the time 
a beautiful gift. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, that was a beautiful song. That was called I Can't Change from Tahara Memories debut CD, Pride. All right, tell us about the new CD you're working on. I'm working on an NLP that I'm going to be releasing somewhere around February, March, and uh, probably touring shortly thereafter. Um, it's another, you know, book of songs that I've written. Um, I'm still actually writing some of them, but we'll go in and track the beginning of December. And um, I just had a huge amount of support in a crowdfund campaign that I did to raise the funds to 
basically pre-selling albums to pay for studio time and whatnot. Um, the album is going to be a little bit deeper um, and really, I think, just reflective of kind of uh, parts of me that other people aren't aware of or, um, yeah, it's just going to be a little bit more from an intimate space. So okay. uh, I'm proud of it. It's going to be, it's going to be deep. All right. And would Jerry be working with you on this one? He is working with me on this one. Um, I'm also blessed to have um, Aretha Key, excuse me, Aretha Franklin's most recent keys player, uh, Nick Rolfe. He co-wrote a song with me for the record and maybe adding one or two more. Um, yeah. And, and uh, Daryl will be playing keys on the record. Uh, I'm producing this one myself. So, musical ideas and uh you know the format of of each song is is coming from me directly and and i have to say that also is a lot of a lot of work and um out of my comfort zone for sure but will be a challenge i'm totally ready to take on and um i just want the music to keep morphing more and more and more into everything that represents my personal truth so yes yeah yes all right okay i'm going to close the show with the title track pride tell me about this yeah so this one i wrote um back in 2008 as well and like i said it was really inspired by my daughter and just the fact that we kind of go through life with our guard up um and things happen to us and uh, a ton of beauty in taking responsibility for them and letting our guard down and letting the good stuff in, you know, particularly when situations look hard. So. Okay. All right. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media and your music. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram under to hear a memory. You can find me on Facebook uh, under to hear a memory as well. And I do have a website to hear a memory.com. Um, and like I said, my band camp is the source for all things music, unless you want to digitally download something from iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby. Um, my band camp is tohearamemory.bandcamp.com. All right. Well, thank you so much to hear for the interview. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. You have a good evening. And again, I'm going to close the show with pride. Um, Tahira's first name is spelled T as in Tom, A-H-I-R-A-H. Um, so definitely check out her music. Go to the website. Check that out. I want to thank Paulette Jackson for your assistance in scheduling this interview. Thank you, Paulette. I thank appreciate you, Paulette. it. <laughs> Dominique McLemon and Anjay in the chat room. Thanks for hanging out this evening. I appreciate that as well. AKA the Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time. From Tahira's debut CD Pride, this is the title track. Have a good evening. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be with someone unconditional. Always knowing that they'll never leave you What nobody ever says Is we stand in our own way Resisting the urge to feel Relenting to our own fears Hardly showing up to play that game You should put down your gloves this love, embrace the day with ease, swallow your pride, you should put down your gloves, accept this love, embrace the day with ease, swallow your pride, it's been clear to me to see, everything I could dream of coming true, I never thought I'd be waiting.
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz. And visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com.